Earl, he told me stories that literally almost made me cry. Uh, he in these stories is like it just happened yesterday. We're talking 30 years. It was unbelievable. And you know, he said, you, you know, we knew that you cared about us. You, he says you always cared about us. He says that's the one thing. Just you know, we get together now and then. We still talk about you. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Earl Dotson Jr. Very happy to be with you for another episode of the 205 Vibe Podcast. Today, of course, as usual, as I always say, it's uh, uh, our, our shows, our podcasts are all about the guests. And today, I'm very, very honored uh, to be speaking with my man, the one and only Mr. Al Gagliano. Hello, sir. Hello, Earl. Glad to meet you. <laughs> Al is... <laughs> We've known each other for years. I had to yes, throw that out yes. there. Um, Al, he's right. We've known each other. I've um, since I've been here in, in 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 the system, and we uh we bonded right away, and we've had a great working uh, relationship and friendship. So I'm grateful for that. Uh, but we're here today because Al is um is retiring out of the Rockford Public School System after 50 years, which is quite an incredible milestone. Um, so congratulations again. I've told you maybe 10 times, but I don't mind telling you another 10 because um just appreciate who you are and what you've done. So I, right away, just how you feel, man? I mean, you know, we're, we're here and you're you're winding down. Uh, what, how, what's going through through your mind and through your heart? Do you, do you have any emotions or what, well, what's happening? Well, it kind of still hasn't hit home yet, I think. You know, uh, the kids have gone, so that's kind of a little, little hardship, a uh, little sorrow there. And the last day of school, we had two situations where we had a third grader, um, come up and give me a hug and say, I'm gonna miss you, Mr. Gagliano. Um, and you know, I held back, the tears were there, but held back. And then later on that day, I had a student bring back a Chromebook. And uh, she said, Mr. Gagliano, I've been with you for six years. I started here at Macintosh in kindergarten, and I'm graduating this year from fifth grade, going to middle school. And that, that kind of felt real good. You know, Alan, what, what's, what, your answer right there, Right. Says everything anyone needs to know about you. Right. Um, you went right. To, you went right to the kids. Right. Yes. Because that's that's why we do this work. Right. Exactly. It's about them. Yes. Right. And so you um, obviously in, in saying that uh, just displays who you are and your values. Um, but but I'm curious, though, when, you, when we, we talk about a 50 year career, if you could just tell us. Tell me, tell me where you, how did it start? Like, where, where did your um, interest and passion for education, for students, like, when did that start and kind of what was your first, first gig, your first job? Actually, I have to kind of blame my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I think she was a teacher at heart and then um, kind of, kind of pushed. When we went to college, you know, we, you know, obviously like all of us didn't know what we wanted to do and then. Uh, teaching came up and then I sat in middle school uh, one day and I had a biology teacher that I thought you know man I can do a whole lot better job of you know interacting with the kids and getting them interested in at least this subject or other subjects and so that was that was kind of the starting point and as I went through college again mom was very supportive of uh, not only myself but then my brother also he went into education but uh, the passion, passion was there. As I went to um, do my student teaching, 
uh, graduated from Louisiana State University, and at that time, we went to two schools. We went to a lower socioeconomic school, which actually was all black at that time. And uh, at that school, I, it was a middle school, and I was the first student teacher that they ever threw a party for when he left. So it was really an experience. It was great. Really loved it. And the second experience uh, as a student teacher wasn't right, you know, really quite as well. It was upper socioeconomic, predominantly white, and new building, no windows uh, in this <laughs> building at all, and uh, actually teaching 12th graders. So... Uh, it was, it was a different experience, but overall, the passion was still there, and came to Rockford because we would always come to Rockford to visit our grandparents during the summer, and um, teaching salary was more here in Rockford than it was in New Orleans, believe it or not, and uh, so it was time to move and moved on here, and when you start off, you don't think of, you know, I'm going to last 50 years and go from there, and... Um, had a wonderful first year, uh, well, actually two, two and a half years at Lincoln Park. Okay. Uh, principal, awesome, awesome man. And, um, and I, I the career kind of, you know, mushroomed from there. Sure. Um, so that's, that's so that I, lo- I love that, right? Cause you know, one of the things I really enjoy about when I get to do these podcasts, particularly people that I've known through the years, I always learned something new. And so right out the gate, I did not know that you hailed, that you came from New Orleans. Oh, that's yes. what you hailed from there. And so that's uh, thank you for that. What an interesting tidbit all the way to Rockford, Illinois. Right. <laughs> um, so when you, when you say your, you know, your career took off from there, typically when you made the transition, right, obviously teaching, being a teacher, you taught, um, but when you, when you make the the jump to administration, right, um, and, and leading a building and leading people and, you know, interacting with students and all the personnel that are involved in educating students, um, how, how does that happen? Like, do you, do, do people just kind of tap you on the shoulder? Uh, do they, they see potential in you and say, hey, man, you're a great teacher. You should be a principal. I mean, how, how did that whole pro- What how did that look? Well, it was different back in those days, um, being actually a new person, even though I had lived here for 23 years, um, I was still considered kind of an out, out, outcast. Out, you know, you're not from Rockford, you're from out of the city. And um, so what happened, there was this uh, assistant principal position that opened up at um, McIntosh. I applied for it and was accepted. And at first, I was, I was kind of hesitant. I, you know, I've been teaching for 23 years. I'm ready. Well, actually, that first year was a, a, an eye-opener. I, uh, and actually, the first two years, I, I broke in two brand-new principals to our district. Um, but it was an eye-opener. I learned a whole lot. Um, different staffs react differently. And um, you have it all on your shoulders. You're dealing with the parents and you're dealing with the, the children and staff and downtown administration. I mean, you know, there's many times that my desk was full of paperwork and things that I'm doing and you get a call from downtown, we need you down here right away. And so, you you know, you're leaving a hurry to come down. And so, um, and, and then, you know, you don't have an eight to two clock job. You, you know, you're there for endless hours sometimes, you know, um, and, you know, call during at night, sometimes during the weekend, whenever you're needed and something comes up, 
you know, you're the man they call. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. So tell me, um, you, you, you kind of alluded to it earlier. Um, but I, I know you have a, you have a, 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 your family has a legacy as well that you all have established in our system. All, you know, all educators, you know, tell me about, you know, your brother and your daughter and, and other members, um, you know, how you, how'd you all get involved in education? How did that happen? And what, and, and what is that like, right? When you can, when you have other family members who you can either talk to or understand some of the things you're dealing with, uh, how, how has that part been as well? It, it's interesting because, you know, being at three different schools, generally my brother was a teacher in the district. Um, my daughter was a teacher and a principal in our district. Um, and, Different schools, thing, different things happen. And, you know, sometimes you ask yourself, you know, well, we don't have those issues at Macintosh, for instance, or whatever school I'm at. And they, they do. So you kind of, you know, help them in the process of maybe what you can do to help them. Um, my brother married a teacher also. So, you know, we've had four teachers in the district, in our family uh, from the district. And uh, it's, you know, it's been exciting. And, um, but you get different perspectives depending on what school, what part of town they're living in. You know, I'm just gonna, so I'm, I'm just gonna build on that because um, uh, you, 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 you said it earlier, right? You talked about how your first experience as a student teacher you were in a lower socioeconomic environment, uh, predominantly black students, black faculty, you know, um, and then you went to an upper class kind of uh, environment and with no windows and it wasn't as good as an experience. And then you talked about, you know, Mac, I know you've been in Macintosh. You, that was one of your first places. And now here you are ending your career there, which is a predominantly black school, black students, you know, in a, in a black neighborhood. Did you find yourself? Why did what found what, what did you? Why did you find yourself more comfortable in those environments? Um, what was that? What was it? What's that? What's that about? Uh, okay, I mean, I have to go back to when I was a kid. I got to come. Come on, Alex. That's, that's what we're here. We're here to. We're trying to get. We're trying to get to it. Now, you can't just. You can't just drop that and not, not think. I'm, and not think I'm going to ask the fire question because that's. No, that's I'd fascinating. Love, I love that question because what I'm going to say to you, I'm going to go back to okay. when I was a kid, and it's going to going to answer your question okay. here my mom had to work with my my grandfather with his uh, dry goods store he had in new orleans so Ms. aunt betsy i called her who was a black lady uh-huh. who out of all the grandchildren she loved me more than she did anybody else <laughs> and many a times if my grandmother would do something to me she would tell my mom yeah. uh so th- you know, the bond there, you know, sure. in color, you didn't look at color, but you then later in life, you know, you know, she was a black lady and sure. God bless her soul. She was wonderful. Yes, sir. And, uh, and again, growing up, I played sports. Well, you know, I don't care what color you are, but we had Latinos, we had African Americans and all through my life growing up as a kid and even as an adult playing softball, you know, we had all members on our team of different races. It didn't matter. We're, you know, we're all friends. We drink out of the same water bottle if we're thirsty, you know. Um, we're a team. And I think really a, uh, sports does a lot for kids, brings them together and unites them. And you're fighting together for one common cause. And, you know, 
sports is you're winning a game. But I learned a lot through my life. And, and you know, I came from a poor family. And, um, you know, it seemed like, you know, living in New Orleans in the French quarters, we had, you know, uh, blacks and, you know, whites and Latinos. And um, so I grew up all, all with those live- cultures. And believe me, it, you learn from one another. Mm-hmm. And, and those that have doubts and questions about the different races don't know you know this is things that they hear and uh it's not true you know you have to experience there's good people in all races and you know they what if what what, wouldn't our world it would just be in we would be in a better place right if everyone believed and grasped what you just said right because you and that's why you and i've connected right because we we love people Yes. Right. And it's not about that. Right. And Correct. and you've experienced that. And I can see that how that much that means to you right now. <laughs> I know that means a lot to you. It does. And part of it. Um, would you say part of your. So I thank you for that. Thank you for sharing that story of your childhood. Right. Yes. Because um, would you say that part of it? Because, again, I don't mean to get philosophical, but we have now this idea that. um people or teachers need to look like the kids are teaching. Um, But we know that there are people who are of different races who love those kids just as much as anybody. Um, So how do we, how do we, how do we do that? I mean, is it, is it just people need more experiences around other people? Is there a way to make that much more intentional about us living and and loving with, you know, one another like in that way? Tough question, and if, uh, I could be a billionaire if I could give you the right answer. That, <laughs> but you've it, done it. it. It's, you've it's, lived it. it. I've lived it. And, it. and it is with experience. You know, if you work, if you socialize with different nationalities, different cultures, um, you get to know people, you get a different look. You get a different look of how it feels. It's hard today. Gosh, society today, it's, it's, uh, it's whacked. Let me tell you, they're out there, and I don't know what you can do anymore to keep anybody satisfied. Uh, it's like they forgot about that we're all individuals, and we have the same blood in our veins, and we need to work together, get along. I mean, these these foreign countries, I think, love the fact that, you know, we have this turmoil in the, in the United States, and, you know, this is one way they don't even have to worry about bombs or anything destroying us. We're just seem to be destroying ourselves, and it's a shame. Um, we can disagree, but we we I still I'm still gonna love you, right? It doesn't mean that I, exactly. I hate you or that no, we're not, we're not enemies. Not. We just no. happen to disagree, right? That's right. Let me ask you about if what, what since you've been doing this for a while, and we're talking about some of the important things that have made you successful about you know loving people and being around people and giving your best. Um, what advice would you give an incoming teacher or an incoming uh, new assistant principal just about here's 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 what matters. Here's the essence of the work. What, what, what would you say that is? I think, first of all, they need to know the kids. They need to find out what makes them tick. Um, I'll never forget when I first started teaching, my first teaching job at Lincoln Park. My principal told me I had the worst kid in the whole school and gave me a history of what he did last year. And so 
did I experience the same things that the teacher did the year before? No, but I got to know him. I knew mm. he loved sports. I love sports. So we were able to bond. And I think more and more teachers need to do that. They need to learn more about the child. They need to show that they care. And, and that definitely helps, as, as well as, as assistant principals. You know, it obviously, being in administration, there's a lot of paperwork, but if you're going to reach the children, if you're going to have less discipline, you need to get out there and interact with them. You need to let them know that you care. That's great advice. Um, what about what about the students themselves? Um, what are just some couple of things that just through the years um, that you just learned about students and, and, and kids and young people um, as you interact with them? Looking looking at it through their lens. Things have changed, obviously, uh, through the years. They um, they have more technology today than we ever had when we were going to school. Um, teaching has changed. Um, I really wish that we could um, reach more of the children if they're having difficulty in a certain area. I'd like to see that we are able to purchase materials, supplemental materials to help them. Um, but when you're tied down to a list that's an approved list, that may not necessarily have been successful. Uh, we can't ignore that. We have to try anything. I don't care what it is. I've always told my staff, we work, we try something. If it doesn't work, then we continue uh, and try something different. Uh, we have to have that philosophy. We can't just say what's in this this document is God's gospel truth. Sure, it doesn't sure. hurt. It doesn't hit everyone. And one of the things that we've learned is that today it, it's very difficult for me to sit down with parents and say, you know, your child needs to go to college. Um, there are more opportunities and, and children can be more successful and graduate if we probably uh, guide them in the area of career ed. Um, there's nothing wrong with being a plumber or a carpenter. Absolutely. You Absolutely. know, um, those people sometimes make more money than the white collar workers. Yeah, sure, sure. So, and, and, you know, I think more children probably would graduate if we really started to work on that at the elementary level, not necessarily middle or high. To me, you get that far, it's maybe too late. Would you just say that's a great segue to my next question, right? Because <laughs> that, that yeah, you tapped into something there. Um, because we, we're trying to we're trying to ed raise and educate you know well-rounded individuals. I think well-rounded individuals have it's not just about um, intellect, right? I can read and I can comprehend, I can do math, but also that emotional intelligence. How about how you treat people? Um, so you know, obviously um, those things are important, right? Graduation rates, test scores, standardized test scores, but. Um, what, what what do you think? What what how do you define success? Right, it, you know when when you look at um, for when you're talking to a teacher, certainly there's the academic side. But what about just the individual that you're connecting with? What do you how how do you think we should do a better job of defining? You know, is it about growth? Is it about attainment? Is it about who the person you become, or is it all is it all of the above? How, how do you, how should we define success for the work that you've been involved with all this time? I think what we need to do is to look at growth with each individual child. I mean, there's many children that will come to you, uh, let's say first grade, and they're still in a kindergarten level. But if they've showed 
X number of months success in first grade, and I just pick first, we can go through all those grade levels. Sure. But I really do truly believe it should be an individual growth. We place too much on these standardized tests. We place too much on, on uh, uh, standardized testing that we buy for the district. You know, and what do we do? I mean, I, I think these children today, the only thing they'll remember when they grow up is that, you know, that's all I did was test, test, test. And that doesn't, just because you take a test and you, whether you score well or not, doesn't mean that you're going to be successful in life. Uh, but some of these kids, if they don't score well, they take that at heart. And then, you know, you, you, how many times can you keep getting browbeaten and not successful until you finally say, you know what, I'm, I'm whipped, I'm going to give up? Sure, sure. Tell me about some of your, I mean, you have a lot to, I, I'm, I'm obviously you're, you're, you're still sharp. You, you went all the way back to it, your childhood. You went back to some of your early experiences. Um, can you tell us some about, tell, tell, me, tell us some more about, some, what are some of your most memorable moments? Is there, is there something that stands out as like, um, you know, is there, is there an individual? Is there, is there a particular student? Is there a particular teacher or someone you work with that just has been seared into your memory? Uh, or an, an experience or something that you've um, shared with someone along the way? The one that comes sticks out and always does, and I, I, I talk about this all the time, it was a student I had at, at Lincoln Park that grew up. So I'm at McIntyre, or at, at uh, Kishwaukee as a principal, and I'm getting ready to go out in the playground, and I get a call from the office, and it says, uh, Mr. Gagliano, there's someone that will meet you at the corner of the building as you go out so I walk out and man here's this huge big black guy and I said oh man I'm in trouble now <laughs> I don't know what I did but I'm in trouble and <laughs> so he's he says Mr. Gagliano he says I know you don't remember me and he spoke to me he says I was in your first year class at Lincoln Park and he Earl, he told me stories that literally almost made me cry. Uh, he and, and these stories was like it just happened yesterday. We're talking thirty years. Uh, it was unbelievable. And you know, he said, you know, we knew that you cared about us. You take us out. We would play. Um, he says, you always cared about us. He says, that's the one thing. He says, you know, we get together now and then. We still talk about you, and so. I tell teachers, I always have told teachers, be careful what you say to children and how you deal with them because they will remember that for life. But that was one of, I, I remember that all the time and I think about that and it was just, it was remarkable because like I said, the stories he told me, <laughs> it was like it happened yesterday. <laughs> would, would you say, is that? Is, I've heard other teachers and educators say that, that like, that's the most rewarding, right? It is. When, your kid, when they come back and they remember something you did or said, right? Is that is that the big reward? That's a big reward. And, and the other big reward is I can't tell you how many successful students I've had to become professionals mm. in this, even in this city. Mm -hmm. um, and that makes you feel good, too. You know, those are the ones you hear about. There's many you don't. Awesome. Um, what would you say? What would you say? Um, you know, what 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 your passion? Like, what 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 drives you? What 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 are the things that you you know kind of helps you 
kind of when you after all this time in our system that made you kind of just get out of bed and just say I'm you know I'm back at it again right what's what was your passion uh, about that work what, what what was it about it that made you care as much yeah. as you have well you have to be dedicated to your profession you want to make sure that you're there consistency always matters I know even as a teacher uh, and as a principal the kids expect to see you every day you know that's, <laughs> sometimes that's the most reliable thing that wow. they have on a given day um, the challenges that we've experienced you know uh, not only day after day week after week uh, I've had a successful staff that's been dedicated. I had 11 staff members join me from Kishwaukee to McIntosh. Um, it, you know, working together, some of us have worked together for 25 years and the first go around, it was, wasn't quite that easy. When I first went to Kishwaukee, it was tough. It was a tough school. Uh, Dr. Epps mm -hmm. assigned me to go there and, you know, between you and I, I don't think he thought I was going to last because it was <laughs> difficult. It was hard. I had kids, the second graders running the building. You had parents fighting. You had the REA and downtown administration there on a daily basis before I got there. It was a trying experience. I had to be hard nosed. I had to be someone that I really didn't want to be as a principal, but in order to be successful and, and get somewhere for the children, I had to be that tough principal. And after four years, those that decided to stay or, or, or leave, I was able to hire teachers that wanted to work for kids. And we were the diamond in the rough for at least after the fourth year, uh, all the way through the 15th, you know, the diamond in the rough at Kishwaukee. So 11 of those staff members came with me and that wow, made me that feel good because I didn't think that would ever happen. <laughs> sure, sure. And I feel good. I mean, to hear, I mean, Dr. S. Arbor, good, good, good man. Oh, but, yes. he, but, but to hear, don't you feel now after all this time, you can just say that, right? He didn't think I would lie. He didn't think well, I you would know, make it. <laughs> no, I would never do that to him because first of all, I got to give him credit and, sure, I, and, good, and respect to the, uh, of the man who hired me because yes, I was overlooked for a long time till he came along. But before or when he left at his, uh, uh, you know, his uh, party that was given to him as he was leaving, he said to me, he said, Al, he said, what you did at Kishwaukee, I didn't expect anyone would do. He says, I congratulate you. And awesome. I, you should have been hired a long time ago. He said, <laughs> help, help, help me, help me and others, um, who, um, you know, who are in some leadership roles and who aspire to be leaders. Um, I've always said, you know, we have lots of people who are in leadership roles who shouldn't be there, right? And I don't, you know, we can go to all the leadership classes you want to, but it doesn't make you a leader. Uh, I think uh, there's a Harvard Business Study that actually said, you know, public and private sector, we get that wrong almost 70% of the time. Uh, whether it's just promoting people or I've been here long enough or I've read a book, I'm ready. Um, you, know, what is, what is, you know, so one of the things that just speaks to your leadership, and you just said it, right? Right. It's all it's when people follow you. Right. I've, I've read somewhere like if you're, um, you know, if you want to be a leader. Right. You need to look behind you. And uh, if no one's following you, then you're just taking a walk. Right. So how do you what what is it about your leadership style or what what that they how do you get people to believe in your vision and and believe in you as a leader to follow you? What What is what are a couple of things you that you would you would tell that, that you should do or you, you should have what, about yourself? 
Well, one of the things, depending on what you want, let's say you're going to start a new program or whatever, you need to let that staff know why you're doing it. And if you let them know why, they're more acceptable to work towards it. Now, it may work, it may not. Um, as, a, as a principal, many times I go to a meeting and in the back of my mind, you know, this is what we're going to do. And then I'm here in discussion and I'm saying, wow, man, that's, that's not so bad. You know, so okay, we'll try that. We'll see if that works. So you have to be flexible, I guess, and you have to listen and you have to, this, this makes teachers work for you if you are the kind of uh, leader that you are going, not only going to listen, you're going to be able to um, allow them to express their feelings and thoughts and, you know, obviously act on them sometimes. You see, that's the only thing I'm going to write down, right? <laughs> I like things in threes. I have the, um, the, the Al Gagliano playbook on leadership, right? Explain the why. You have to listen and you have to be flexible. Yes. I got it. All right. I might, I might, I think I'm going to get some Mr. Producer. I know. I think I might, uh, I might have a shot at this leadership thing. Right, I just got some pearls of wisdom. Oh, you, Earl, you can be. Don't drive me crazy <laughs> sometimes, but that's uh, part of the game. I know. I appreciate that. That That's, that's you know, real. One of the things I will tell you that's changed in uh, all the years. And that is the parents. When I first started teaching, parents, those parents had to quit school. They had to get a job and support their families, uh, not of their choice, but in order for, you know, to survive. Um, the parents today, there's more opportunities for them and the children too, but something goes wrong at school, well, it's got to be somebody else's fault, you know, and if that don't work, it's got to, you know, if it's not another student, it's the the, the teacher, you know, sure. and so it's always somebody else's fault. It's not a lot, but it's enough, you know, to keep you busy. On a, you know, and those are the parents that you really don't want to deal with, sure. but you try to listen and uh -huh. you try to try to get them to understand reasoning. Um, and you earn your money that way, believe yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as we kind of wind down here, tell me about what do you what is what is your hope? I mean, you're gonna you're gonna as you retire here. Uh, uh, I just have to ask you because you mentioned a little bit, and I loved your answer. So I want you. We talked about it a little bit off off air, but um, you know, what, what do you plan for your tournament? I mean, do you have anything you what are you like? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Uh, I like what you said. What what, what what are you planning to do and think about? <laughs> well, I'm not going to plan. I've done <laughs> I've done that for 50 years. <laughs> I'm just going to let it happen. Uh, there are many things, obviously, in the back of my mind that, sure. you know, uh, I'd love to do. I will do with my granddaughter and, you know, my family. Um, there's that honeydew list that still sits out there for 50 years that, you know, <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever yes, get sir. it done. But <laughs> so, you know, those are the things. But, uh, you know, planning, going, you know, on trips and that, eh, if it happens, it happens. But at this stage, you know, just take it one day at a time and... You know, just let it happen. Fantastic. What? So you're going to be here in the community. You've been here in Rockford, in the Rockford community. So, you know, I, I'm not one to beat up Rockford. Uh, you know, I, there was a time I, I did, like everybody, it's, it's easy to kind of bash where you're from and your hometown. We don't have this, we don't have that. Um, what, what, what are your thoughts just on just the connection and the role that 
the school system plays in, in, in the Rockford community about, you know, how do we, how should we look at Rockford moving forward? You, you know, part of your greatness is that it's a, you know, we, we, we hear people say, you know, leave it in a better place than you found it. And you've left, you have left, you have absolutely no doubt 100% have left a legacy. So how do you feel about the legacy that you left? And in terms of making this, this a better place, how should we, think about Rockford moving forward because we have people who move here and say, oh, it's great. And people who've lived here who think differently. But what do you think about that relationship between our school district and what it means in the larger community? Well, I believe our school district needs to make sure that everything is equitable. Um, I would love to see air conditioning, for instance, in every single elementary school throughout the district. What not that some have it and some don't. Um, you know, and I always have fought for the west side because most of my career has been on the west side, and I think sometimes we get shortchanged. Um, but as a district looking forward, I think we need to look at these things, and we need to make sure that all of our children are serviced equally and to the best of their ability. Because I, I, I think sometimes, as I mentioned earlier with the curriculum, there's things that we can do for kids that may not be on an approved list, but will be successful for them to gain um, some, some knowledge and be able to go to, let's say, the next tier or next level. Um, but I, so I really do believe that the school district needs to do a better, better job with that. Um, you know, we talk about equity. I don't know necessarily if we're all there yet, sure. you know, and that's all we do is we keep talking and no sure. one puts that magical finger on it. But um, I think, you know, obviously we need to start here at the district and then move forward that way. Yes, sir. Al, I can't tell you what this means to me, man. Just sitting down here talking to you, I want you to know, if you know me well enough to know, it is a privilege and I'm very honored to be able to sit here and have this conversation with you. Thank you, man. Thank you. Love you. I, I love you. God bless you. Thank you. God, God bless, bless you, too. And, uh, uh, and all, whatever your future endeavors, whatever, whatever, however it comes your way, um, I just want to make sure but we before we part, I mean, but am I missing anything? Anything you wanna anything else you wanna say? Am I missing any 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 last questions or any other comments or anything else yeah, that I, I that I covered? That was that's what I want. I, did I cover it? I think you covered it. <laughs> <laughs> you did. We we covered it and more, I think. We did. Well, yeah. sir. Yeah. Thank you, man. Thank you. I wish Appreciate you well. all your... Thank you for coming down. Yeah. And, uh, well, you're I my wish man. You, the best. you know and, I'll do anything for you. Don't be a stranger, right? Don't be a stranger. I won't. Please I won't. please I won't. come back and visit and whatever you need you know where to reach out to definitely uh mr producer thank you for reminding me and i hope you keep that in because you know i got to keep counter childers ladies and gentlemen that's my man uh, he does an excellent job uh, and i appreciate him he just reminded it, me of it the, depending on the questions I, i'll you later <laughs> <There> are, <laughs> or not or not <laughs> there, there are there are three questions that we ask every person that we've interviewed and we and we have a 100 record uh, and so we can't break that record right now. Not. So the first question, sir, is um, if if you're at home relaxing or if I get in your car and I say, I don't need a ride and you turn the radio on or if you're just chilling, music wise, what are you? Is there an artist or a particular genre of music that you're listening to? What do you listen to? 
Well, I love the 70s. I love the Bee Gees, but I, I love music. I mean, I grew up in New Orleans, I, you know, with jazz. And <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I love music, all kinds of music. Okay. And okay. Uh, didn't quite, when I, you know, growing up, didn't quite like the, uh, the country western, but sure. have recently taken somewhat of a shine to it also. But, okay. you know, I just, I love music. Okay. You know? okay. Right now, the weekend is, uh, is, is pretty hot. You know? <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. Um, tell me uh, if you're at home relaxing um, and you got, if you if you got the TV on, is there a movie that you would say is your favorite all day movie or is there a particular TV show uh, or something on TV? If you're watching TV, what are you watching? Um, Wednesday nights seem to be uh, one of the favorite nights, of course, and that's all the Chicago shows. Okay. Chicago Fire, Chicago Hope, okay. and okay. Um, um, Chicago PD. Okay. You know? Awesome. So, Last question. Yes. Awesome. Um, when you and I see each other again, or you, when you call me or I call you and say, Al, I want to take you out to lunch, dinner, on me, or your birthday or your family's taking you out somewhere special. Do you have like a favorite restaurant or a go-to dish? So you get to like every time order, I'm, a, I'm ordering this. So is there a restaurant or a favorite food? Uh, I guess if I had to pick a, a restaurant, I'd say maybe the Hoffman House. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And right. There's no favorite dish or anything? Just, no, not just really. Just like that's the place. Yeah. I think that's a good, good choice. All right, sir. Okay. Thank you. That was it. All Those right. are our three. That's it. We got to know a little bit something more about you. Do you know about the weekend? And yeah. Yes. And uh, the Chicago. Everyone has a different answer. So, I said Chicago so, yes. Hope, but that's not Chicago <laughs> Hope. But it's okay, though. It's okay, though. Thank you, sir. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoyed that. Again, signing off. Earl Dotson Jr., 205 Vibe Podcast, and the one and only my man, my friend, Mr. Al Gagliano. Thank you for listening to the 205 Vibe Podcast. Subscribe to the 205 Vibe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you are listening now. Check out the blog, videos, and news on rps205.com slash 205 vibe.